Hello and welcome to Crux Investor. We're here today with the CEO of Superior Gold, Chris Bradbrook. Hello, Chris. How are you? Morning. I'm good. Thank you. And yourself? Not too bad. Where have you come in from? Where am I coming from? Yeah. I was uh, coming from Perth. Oh, fantastic. So I've been in London since Saturday. So you're going to tell us a little bit about Superior Gold. Why don't you give us a sort of two-minute elevator pitch on the story just to set things up and then maybe perhaps dive into. Well, we bought this asset um, about uh, in 2016, October 2016. And essentially what we saw, what I saw, was a, an asset that had been in continuous production for almost 30 years. So it's not like we were showing up and saying we're the smart boys in the room that know how to run it. It, it, it obviously was a stable mine. Um, it had been in Barrick for a number of years and they'd sold it to Northern Star. So it had kind of been buried within a bigger portfolio. The price was right. It was only 40 million uh, Australian. Uh, the infrastructure to replace would probably cost you about two and a half billion US in today's dollars. So anything you did to grow it was always going to be quick, low capital intensity. It had a large resource base. It was the sixth, or is the sixth largest historic gold producer in Western Australia. So I saw a tremendous asset with great opportunity that basically had been unloved. And there's so many examples where companies have taken an asset like that, and that's what matters to them, and they work it and they make it into a success. So that fundamentally was, was what I was why I like the asset, and a first world location. You bought into a producer yep. with existing assets in place yep. at a price you felt was quite Correct. reasonable. Correct, yeah. Okay, fine. Let's deal with that last year first. Right. So what happened? Obviously, a year ago today, your price is about three times what it is today. Mm. There's, there's a few things happened. Why don't you kind of talk us through that? Right, well, actually, if I may, I'll go back to the year before first. Okay. 2017. So our first 15 months of operation, we were putting about two million US dollars into the bank every month. Mm -hmm. So we were running it as a business, making money. That was the philosophy, that's what we wanted to do. And then in 2018, we started hitting a bit of a wall and we really struggled with, uh, with the operations and the grade dropped and we were trying to figure out what it was. And ultimately what it turned out to be is that, we, that the previous uh, management had been essentially harvesting what Northern Star had left us, but not replacing it. So there was no ability once we'd used up what was already planned out to, with flexibility. So this must have been part of the data set which you, you inherited. Yeah, it, it was, but of course you assume your management are replacing what they mine, but they weren't. So basically we had to pull everything apart last year and figure out what it took to do it. We changed over management. We put in more um, technical people because we. You've got a new COO. Yeah, new. This is yes. Yeah, so that I would say that was the final piece of the puzzle. Right. Even with those changes, it still wasn't happening. So we sent uh, Keith Boyle, who is now our CEO, yeah. down there for three months. I said, "Look, tell me what what this what's going on." And what did you discover? Well, first question I asked him was, "Is it the all body?" Because if it's the all body, then you're you're right. It's all the game's over. Yeah. He said categorically, "It is not the all body." He said, you've got the right people. He said, there's just needs to, you know, you need to basically focus on basic operational things. It's absolutely fixable. And as a result of that, he set, set, he spent six weeks of the three months and he liked what he saw. So when I offered him the job, he'd done his due diligence and said, yeah, I, I want the job. So I think that's, you know, really a, a testament to the asset. Right. And the deal is he's based out of Toronto, but he, for the next six months, he's living basically at the site. Right. Like he's not coming home until he's got it back on the track. 
So let's let's come on yeah. to him specifically yeah. in a minute and, yeah. and get back to mm -hmm. what he discovered or what he thinks he mm -hmm. sees in in this. Um, he's looked at the operations. You've, the, your cost is quite high, but the ASIC is quite high. Certainly, the 2019 numbers look quite high. I mean, is he looking at optimizing that, or is that something you think that needs addressing, or is it something more fundamental than that? Well, is it, well, I mean, in terms of the cost, it's all about grade, because for the first 15 months, we were all running an all ASIC at about a thousand US, mm -hmm. so we were making 200 plus, two to 300 bucks an ounce but mar it's, it's margin. But it's still so, you know, mid-level rather than... Oh, no, it's not, look, it's not the cheapest mine, but it's, yeah. not, it's, it's not the most expensive. Yeah. But really what drives it for us is our unit costs are already low. Right. So it's all about grade. Right. You get the grade back to where, like, more like a four-gram uh, stoke grade, that's yeah. when you're going to make money. So tell me, so when you say the unit cost, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, what it costs you to move a ton of rock. Right. We've got a very stable handle on those. Right. We've got them low. So what then drives it is, well, how many ounces right. grams so are you going to get per time? You can move volume of, of dirt as efficiently, work, efficiently yeah. with the equipment you've got. Yeah. Yeah. No, no need to change that. You just need to hit higher grades. Correct. Of, of Correct. Ore. Right, okay. And if you look at the ore, well, like I say, for the first 15 months, we had a good solid plan and we mm. were mining around four grams stoke grade and making money. Right. When that plan, you know, the long-term plan kind of evaporated, mm. for want of a better word, we basically had to, you know, they to go to the easy stuff. Right. Which is like two and a half to three grams. Right. And there's loads of that. Right. But it's not making you the money. Right. So basically, one of the first things Keith has done is he's gone and said, okay, let's put together a life of mine plan. Where are the gaps? So you actually now can, you, you, you know, don't mind that grade, mind that grade, because that's going to make us money. So right. it, uh, and it all sounds probably very simple, mm. but often these fixes are. You just need someone to come in with a fresh set of eyes and say, Right. You know, and I, I was just down there for five weeks. So between me and him, we were basically worrying everyone to death. Just say, look, this is what we got to do. Let's mm. get back. And it's not like we've not done it. That's the point. Mm. It's not like we've had this for two and a half years and we've never made it work. We did. We did make it work. We just have to go back to what we did. Right. And we're already beginning to see the changes. And it all, it's so, so tell me about those. So you've made some quick fixes. Yeah, well, quick fixes is really getting people focused on the plan and right. maximizing grades. What so, were they doing before? Well, as I said, it was because they were, I think they were so frantically trying to get stuff through the mill, right. they just go to the easy stuff. Right. So there never was that long-term planning right. going on. And so we've instituted that. Uh, for example, one of the things you want in an underground mine, you want three months of developed stopes mm -hmm. laid out ahead of you. So if something goes wrong with your plan, you you've got an that. option. Yeah. We yeah. didn't have that. Right. In the time Keith's been there, we've already gone from no stocks to a month's worth of stocks okay so we're already seeing seeing that change and then we found out that you know because they were being a bit i guess frantic with their efforts they were diluting the ore so that was part of the that was amplifying the mm. uh, the grade issue so all these things we've been putting in place and we're just basically forcing the guys to, to to basically run to a higher standard right okay and i guess you'd always like to think that people just do that and initially i kind of wanted to run the company lean and for a single asset, I was thinking, well, why do I need a COO? Mm. Well, it turns out, you know, when things aren't working, you do need someone like that that right. can step in and say, okay, this is what needs to be done. Right. And at some point, when we've got this back on the track, we will be looking at other assets, and you need a COO for multiple assets. Well, again, I'd love to come, uh, come, yeah. come back to yeah. you on, on M&A as, as an option mm -hmm. in, in a bit. So again, what, what are the other kind of quick fixes? You know, you've look, he's looked at the plan. Mm -hmm. He said, here's what we need to focus on. Um, is there anything else that... 
No, I mean, it's, when you say it out loud, it always surprised me how sort of basic it sounds, but mm. often things in life are like that. But, but it is all about having the plan, sticking to the plan, having the flexibility so if something doesn't work. So in other words, you know, you say, okay, if this goes wrong, how are we getting it back on track? Right. Any other new yeah. hires that you're thinking about, uh, having learned that a CRO is quite important to you? Well, no, not really, because we've got all the people we need at site. I right. mean, Keith has made a... a a difference, mm-hmm. uh, a big difference, no doubt about mm-hmm. it. And uh, yeah, and, and we're looking at the um, what was I saying? The dilution. I mean, that's a big thing. But it, that really dilution is, of well, you've, you've basically taken too much, body. too much of the right. waste. Got it. Got yeah, it. So mining it more efficiently, so you actually mine to the grade you planned. Right. Okay. Because that's you know obviously if you mine, if you've got a five gram stoke planned and you dilute it to two and a half. I mean, you're not going to make, you might take more ounces out, but you're not right. going to make as much money. So you haven't been sold a dud in, in the oh, sense? Oh, no, 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 no not, not at all. I mean, right. that, that, like I say, I think one of the things to remember is mm. this is an asset that's always been in production. Yep. Some assets... They but have they mined the good stuff out of it, I guess is oh, well, the question the, Well, asking. they've mined the easy stuff, Yeah. right? Um, but I think also part of the thesis was that we could make money with what we know is there, Mm. But there's something else there. There, there. I mean, I'm absolutely convinced of it. There's going to be another. It's a big system, so, so we will find more. So what are you doing in terms of identifying this new system or potential new system? Well, I think part of it is really pulling apart what the asset is. I mean, you've got a, a drill database that's all digitized. And if you were to drill those holes today, it would cost you a billion US. Right. So it's an incredible exploration tool. Yeah. So a big part is pulling that apart, figuring right. out... And who's doing that? Who's well, we got to, you know, our geologists at site and consulting geologists, and uh, um, we're probably going to give the database to. Uh, there's a group in Toronto called Goldspot, yeah, and they do big, da- big data mining, yeah. And we've, I think, ours is a big enough set that it will probably be, uh, you know, be useful for that approach. So we're doing what we can because that absolutely is our best exploration tool. Right. Yeah. And so, so let's talk about some of those those longer term strategies. You mentioned M and A as a potential, mm. but. Do you feel that you've got to kind of sweat this asset first, or can you concurrently look at potential MLA well, need, to the Well, you need the currency, right? And I mean, we're so beat up, we just don't have the wherewithal to look at things. And that's how much cash you, have you got? Well, we've got 15 million US. Right. And our enterprise value is, is 20 million US. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, the, the bet anyone would have to make is okay, if you believe what I'm telling you, that there's the fix is there. Mm. We are so ridiculously cheap that it is a really good opportunity. Yeah. You're right now, the market's pricing us as though we're going out of business, which just is not going to happen. Right. Well, I guess that's why yeah. you're here today yeah. to answer those questions yeah. about yeah. what the future looks like. Yeah. So maybe talk to some of those things. So you're going to sweat the existing uh, data and try and see what you've got there and, 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 and opt, optimize you mm-hmm. know, whatever, all that activity. Right. M&A, is that a realistic... Um, Opportunity for you, but fifteen million of cash. But I guess that's fifteen, one five. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. one five. Um, where I guess it's allocated towards current. Uh, yeah, no, we're very, fo- we're very focused on the asset. However, mm-hmm. when people show us stuff, mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to be pre-prepared. So you've got to learn about what's around, so that when you are ready, mm-hmm. you're ready in terms of your knowledge. Yeah. So we definitely look at things and turn stones mm-hmm. over. But not my focus is the mine. Great. But absolutely, you know, I mean, one of the things we learned from this, if, if we'd been a multi-asset company and we started hitting these issues, we could have pulled people from other operations to help us out. Yeah. So that has shown us, just from that point alone, it's, you, you know, having multiple operations right. is a good thing. 
Yeah. Okay. And investors are obviously asking for it. They don't like, you know, you, you live and die by what happens at your one asset. Yeah. And investors generally get uncomfortable with that. Would, you, would it make you nervous? I mean, given you're, you say, undervalued, mm-hmm. that's a claim I think most people make. But well, everyone, if, everyone's like, if, the, if a CEO doesn't think his company's <laughs> undervalued, he shouldn't get out of bed in exactly. the morning. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So but we are. You are undervalued, yeah. but you're the one. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, does it worry you or make you nervous about the cost of raising capital in this market with your current situation to do M&A activity? Would you feel that you would look at, you know, optioning stuff, um, you know, deferred payments? I mean, how would you tackle an M&A? Yeah, I mean, you're service? right. I mean, where we are right now, our cost of capital is high. Uh, but like I said, we're really viewing M&A more now as we just want to know what's out there. Mm. So that when we are in a position to do it, we've already done our background work. We've already mm. talked to potential mm. partners. Uh, but the first thing is we've got to get this sorted out, the market believing it, right. get a share price that reflects it and allows us to actually go and do stuff. Okay, great. So you're looking at optimizing the current um, processes, right. operations, hope for higher grades, being able to identify mm. higher grades, reduce that ASIC down, build with this new COO, you've got the right leader for the technical team. In mm-hmm. country, right, um, and we should be positive about the future. Is that mm-hmm. the, the, correct is that message? Yeah, absolutely, but yeah, it's totally okay. focused on fixing the operation right now. Perfect. Okay, so let's let's talk about the team. Let's, tell me a bit about you. What's what's your background relevant to the, the operation? My background? Well, I mean, technically, I'm I'm a geologist by training. Right. Uh, it's been a while since I've actually done geology. So I worked in the industry from eighty to ninety five. Mm-hmm. And then I was an analyst for mining analyst for about six or seven years. Then I went back into industry. I was VP corporate development for Goldcorp, but this was when all they were was the high grade Red Lake mine. And then when I left there, I I, um, formed New Gold, which was a very different company to what it is now. It was just the New Afton mine, or deposit at the time. So so we raised the money to build that. And then when I left there, I started up a company called Crocodile Gold. Uh, which really kind of led me to all of my knowledge base in Australia, but that's what that became New Market Gold, now part of um, uh, Curtin Lake Gold, right, yeah. and the Fosterville asset, which drives their valuation, was part of Crocodile Gold. Wow. Right, and then when I left there, I was looking for something else to do, and it ultimately, this is what this is what came out of Superior Gold. Attracted you to yeah. So you don't sound very Canadian. Uh, no, no, no. Well, I'm a Canadian technically because I've got my citizenship. Right. There, yeah. Okay. So, but you're, you're based over there, from the UK originally. From the UK, yeah. But with an asset in, in Australia. Correct. Yeah. Well, I like first world assets. So I really like Canada, Australia, and yeah. certain parts of the state. So that is really great. Our strategic focus. Okay. Okay. So, I'd like to obviously new CRO on board. You told us mm. a little bit about him in terms of what he's done. So, what's his background? Uh, well, the press release out lays it, but basically he's worked for small and large companies, mm. North America, internationally. He's done everything from operating as an underground manager to a general manager to a COO, to feasibility studies, raise money. So he's got an MBA too, he's a mining engineer. So he's, done, he's got lots of strings to his bows. He understands all the, you know, the various parts that matter to a, a public company. Okay, but you, you've got him focused on cutting costs and uh, finding ore. Well, you just look at the problem in yeah. front of you and say, yeah. this is what we need to do. Yeah. So, and again, like I say, he spent six weeks at site knowing full well what I needed okay. and still said, you know, there's a tremendous opportunity. I want to be part of it. Right. Okay. Well, that's that's yeah. interesting. And so who else is on the team? If we look at these sort of constituent parts for you know, companies of your size, you need 
technically you need to know what you've got. Mm -hmm. Who's looking after the, the financing and finances of, of the business? Well, the, the finances is our CFO is, is Paul Armstead. Right, and what's he charged with doing? What have you asked him to do? Well, quite simply, is make sure you know where the money is. Right. Don't do anything stupid with it. Right. And if we are in a situation where we need money, give me the heads up well in advance. Right. In terms of actually raising money we've had to do it, that, that typically will fall to me. Right. Okay. So and where, where do you get, so tell, tell us a bit about that. So your shareholders are, are what, institutional at the moment? Uh, yeah, largely institutional. I mean... Uh, Canadian? Canadian? Or? They, yeah, they'd be Canadian, some, some US, mm -hmm. and uh, there's one or two in Europe, but basically it's a North American-based shareholder. So any, any names in there that we'd recognise? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, Northern Star, our biggest shareholder. Um, well, that's presumably part of the deal. That part of the deal it was, yeah. Okay. Century Select, which is now CI Investments, they're a large yep. shareholder. Donald Smith. They're Canadian promoters. Donald Smith's out of New yeah. York. Yeah. So I meant the CI guys are... Well, I was a promoter. I mean, they're a big sort of Financial. blue chip Canadian okay. fund. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure they, they'd be a bit worried if you heard them called a promoter. Okay. Um, yeah, so those would be some of the big shareholders. So we, we, we had BlackRock at one time, Arbim. Uh, so we've had actually a pretty yeah, good list. Names in there. And how yeah. big is your retail following? would say it's 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 reasonably big it's um uh i would say we we're probably about 10 to 20 percent retail right okay yeah. Main, again mainly canadian i guess uh, and tech, north american and north american canadian north american yeah i mean every yeah. now and again I'll, in, I'll meet someone from europe who, who has picked the story up but uh, right yeah. and is there much liquidity in the stock at the moment it's is better it, when we first started out i mean we were because of those bigger shareholders there wasn't a lot big float mm. so um uh, yeah, liquidity early on was tough, but it's better now. I mean, we're not trading millions of shares every day, but a few hundred thousand usually, and then every now and again you'll see some blocks. Yeah. Okay, and, yeah. They, they, and those are clearly the institutions you know trading in and out. But so what's, what's, what's the retail guy? What are the retail guys doing for you in terms of? Do you think you've got um, people understand the story? Or, I guess, yeah. Yeah, no, I would. I mean, because I've, you know, I've done this a few times. I've always valued retail. And I mean, one of the challenges of retail is making sure they understand what you are. But I think from the questions I get from retail investors, they do actually understand. What, what questions do they ask? What's well, they ask the same sort of things you're asking, which says to me they're not off in some strange place asking questions that aren't relevant. They, mm -hmm. they absolutely understand what matters to us. They ask the same questions institutions do. Right, okay. right, which is the same questions you're asking because it, it all boils down. There really are two or three key questions for our story. Yeah, well, right? absolutely. And yeah. that people need to believe you can deliver yeah. oh, against I, those. Oh, oh, absolutely. I think I've got a decent track record of doing what I say. And I am absolutely totally confident that we are, we are fixing this. Okay, fantastic. And, um, and so who else is on the board that we need to know about in terms of active well, members it's, it's of the a, board? Well, it's a very small board and it was done like that deliberately we've only got four five people on the board and i think with a you know at this, at this basic level the board's job is basically to make sure i do my job or management does the job but i think with a smaller company you kind of a, you want people on who, who are willing to roll their sleeves up and help you because mm -hmm. we just don't have the numbers of people mm -hmm. so our chairman is mark wellings who was former investment banker at gmp uh, he ran their london office for a few years as well um, We've got uh, Tamara Brown, who is uh, uh, VP Investor Relations and Corporate Development for Newcrest in the Americas. Um, there's myself, 
There's René Marion, who is who was chairman of Richmond. Uh, he was former Barrick uh, 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 and Orico. Really good mining engineer, understands capital markets. Well, he was the chairman of Richmond when it got sold. They went from 30 million to a billion dollars. Mm. So he's seen this movie before. And he worked for Barrick on these ass on this asset. Right. So he knows the assets. So But is he an act active yes, participant? Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I talk to all of them regularly because I I use their expertise. Mm. Like Rene, I mean very important for us as an operator. Um, so early on when I was trying to figure out what was going on, I said, Well, you know, what what would you do? And and, and actually Keith Boyle actually came through a recommendation by Rene when I said, Well, who you know out there who would be a good person to take a look at this? Mm. Okay. And then we've got one nominee from um, Northern Star. Right. Yeah. Okay. And are they, I mean, they obviously must know a lot about this asset. And the fact they've stayed in says something. I mean, I think they'd like to see us grow. Right. And it wasn't so, just like option money, as it were. We'll just do you know, a deal, take. We'll oh, well, look, we, 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 could have, we could have raised, we raised enough money, we could have just paid them out cash. Right. Uh, there were a couple of things. I think they liked the opportunity in the business models. They thought they could make more money. Right. Um, they saw that we could be a building block, I, I believe. And selfishly for us, I knew that the number one question I get asked was, well, why would Northern Star sell it? Mm. So having them in with someone on the board. Go on then. What's the answer? Oh, what's the answer to that? Well, I mean, you've got to look at, because this, what we're doing here was really kind of what they built their business model on. But within about three months, they bought four mines. They bought this one. A mine called Jundee in Australia, a mine called Canona Bell in Australia, and a mine called Kandana. And three of them, they got running the way they wanted them very quickly. So this became a bit of a head-scratcher for them. Right. So they decided to run in, a In process. the sense of what? It was well, it just, wasn't, it just wasn't going where they wanted as quick as they wanted to. Right. But they actually gave us the entire operating team that we needed. So the team that made a success for us when we took it over with the people that had been working for them previously. Right. So okay. they, they were very important to us in getting it working. Okay, thank, thanks for that. So yeah. let's, let's talk about um, last year in the context of mm. how do you think it went? What would you have done differently? I think you've answered some of these questions already, but if you try and well, summarise I mean, that for well, us. Well, look, look, I gave you the reasons why it didn't go the way we wanted. So what would I have changed? Well, I guess like as it all, you know, all these things, you say, well, you know, early when it first started going wrong, we probably should have been more dramatic trying to fix it immediately but you sort of think you know the next quarter wasn't bad so you think okay maybe now we're back on track and then late last year you could see it was beginning to go off the rails again so yeah I think like if I really had, if I really knew what I know now I, w I would definitely have moved faster hindsight mining well yeah but it's, it's you know we, we were yeah. we were asking all the right questions I was I, you know I had the board involved and we were well what is this what do you need mm. And uh, so, yeah, but you know, that really is hindsight. I mean, it's just, it's like you're peeling away layers of, of what it takes to get there. Right, okay, yeah. okay. And again, again, I know you dealt with this slightly. So this year, what should shareholders be looking out for in terms of what you're doing? Well, they, they, quite simply, on a quarter by quarter basis, they just need to see that we're improving how we're operating. We're back to making money. That is simple as that. So making money or cash flowing, what, what's... No, making money because I mean I, I'm all about free cash flow. Right. And like I said, when we had, when we had the asset, um, going the way we wanted, we were making like I mean I mean making into the bank two million euros a, a month. It's not bad. So that's what I'm. Yeah. 
get, get back to that as quickly as possible. Yeah, and you know, we built a second mine, an open pit mine, all internally generated. We've never raised money since we went public. So we must have been okay. doing something right. So you're debt free. Any other, so there's no kind of funky financing nope. sitting in the background nope. looking nope. to nope. clobber you? No. no, if you look on the balance sheet, you'll see a, a small number for debt. But it's because we, we've uh, leased financed the equipment. Right. And then it just shows up as sure. an ongoing cost. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Very normal. Very yeah. normal. Okay. So give us your five reasons why you think investors should be looking at you and investing. Well, look, you're looking at a first world. That's a start. Your first world location. Uh, a substantial asset where there's tremendous exploration potential. Mm -hmm. um, 100,000 ounce a year producer with an enterprise value of 20 billion US. We, we will be going back to free cash flow. Mm -hmm. We're one drill hole away from a discovery. At some point, we will. We've already expanded the reserves and the resource. But if we find something new, higher grade, I mean, there wasn't oil body there at one time. That's that's part of our mineralization called Timor, and it was a million ounces at half an ounce. So if we found another one of those, you'd be happy. Yeah, we'd be yeah. happy. But that's but this is what happens in these assets. I mean, mm -hmm. Fosterville, I mm -hmm. mentioned before, Kurt, mm -hmm. my God, that was three years ago a refractory oil body at four grams, and everybody knew. Mm. It was rubbish. And they drilled some holes and, and now they're mining 50 grams a ton. Now, I'm not saying we're going to find 50, but I'm just saying that's what happens with these systems. Yeah. If you try and understand them and you drill in the right place, they, there will be extensions. They don't just end. Mm. And then this system, this is an immense system. It really is. Okay. I appreciate your candor and honesty in dealing with mm. these issues. But, uh, you know, to put, put your hand and say, look, we've, we've had issues. We acknowledge that. Mm. We know what they are, though, and we've put things in place to fix those. Mm. The investors should bear with us and look forward to you know what we're going to try and do this year. Um, I think that's a very, very positive message. Yeah, to I mean, we're telling them they should do something. Clearly, it's, it's up to them. But yeah. I look at yeah. our share price, and it's been a downward trend since last April. Yeah. I mean, as I said, a you think there's some upside there? Well, a 20 million enterprise value for the story I've just told you. Usually, you get those valuations because people think you're going out of business. You'd get that for the equipment, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, yeah. Yeah, you'd nice. sell it. If we sold the asset today, you'd sell it for more than that. Right, okay. Right. Well, look, Chris, thanks for your time. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, do you come back and uh, keep us abreast of the story as it develops okay. with, the, with the new plans, especially with the data mining element? Right? Yeah. That sounds very, very exciting yeah. uh, to me. Thank you very much. Right. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much for watching our video. We do aim to give you informed and intelligent information with which to make your investment decisions. So if you liked what you just saw, please give us a thumbs up. And if you want to see more insightful, in-depth, honest and unbiased interviews, then please click the subscribe button. So thanks again for watching and we look forward to seeing you again soon.